Hello, and welcome to our show, We're Talking Golf. My name is Douglas Meda, and I'm your host. Now that the weather is warmer across the Northern Hemisphere, the theme of our show today is spring fitness. As part of the show, we have two fantastic fitness and training experts with us who will be on hand to discuss topics of interest and hopefully will be of help to you. In our first segment, we will discuss how to prepare yourself physically for playing more golf. It's an important topic because too many golfers just wait for the warm weather, then they break out the clubs and hit the golf courses to start playing. Some will spend time at the range trying to get reacquainted with their swing again. Others just head straight to the tee box and play away. Our guests will be discussing how you can prepare yourself so that you can avoid injuries and start your golf season pain-free. They will also pass along some tips that they share with their clients, including what to do if you cannot get a proper warm-up before your tea time. In our second segment, we're going to do a little more of a deep dive into the topic of modern fitness, movement, and conditioning. It's increasingly an important topic amongst physical fitness specialists as they strive to bring a more holistic approach to human performance, regardless of the sport, golf or otherwise. In that segment, we'll be looking at how a person can generate power and speed in their golf swing, how to maintain speed and power for the longer terms without injury. Now, before I introduce our guests, I would like to welcome our listeners and podcast subscribers from around the world that are downloading and listening to our show. Without you and your support, we would not be able to deliver this show. So thank you for joining us. Now, before we get into today's show, we'll take a short break for this message from our sponsor. Built on a sleek titanium frame, with a light yet strong carbon body, and a precision weighting system, the new TR20 from Hanma. Speed reframed. Welcome to our show. We are proud to announce that We're Talking Golf has been recognized as one of the top 40 podcasts to follow in 2021 for PGA and LPGA golf coverage. Today's show is being recorded from our studio in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. We are produced by the World of Golf and you can find us on the World Wide Web at www.worldofgolf.org or on our social media channels of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and now on LinkedIn. For those of you in Asia and elsewhere, you can also follow us on Weibo and WeChat. Now, back to our show. Here is your host, Douglas Mader. Welcome back to the show and thank you for staying with us. Now we have two very special guests joining us today on Zoom. They are both physical fitness specialists with extensive education, training, and experience working with golfers and other types of athletes. Africa Alarcón joins us from Sao Paulo, Brazil. She attended the University of Sao Paulo, graduating with a degree in physical education. She has been a pioneer in the physical fitness and training field, working with professional and amateur golfers since 2005, and she has her own company, Golfifit, or Golfit. She has, or she was also the physical trainer for the Brazilian National Golf Federation, and she is a TPI certified level three fitness trainer, and she has also completed her TPI level two medical, power, and golf certifications. Welcome to the show, Africa. Thank you very much, Douglas. Happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Good, good. Um, 
Our second guest is Milo Bryant, joining us from San Diego, California. Milo is an experienced fitness, wellness, and health professional. He is skilled in designing curriculum and programs for long-term athletic development in a variety of athletic disciplines. Milo is the head coach and founder of the Coalition for Launching Active Youth. He graduated from the University of Arkansas at Fayetteville, and he holds several accreditations, including TPI, Level 3 Golf Fitness Instructor. He's a sports performance coach with USA Weightlifting, and he has a certification in Strength and Conditioning Specialist with the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Milo is also an instructor for TPI and an advisory board member for the organization. Welcome to the show, Milo. Hey, thanks a lot, Douglas. Happy to be here. Nice to see you, Africa. Nice to see you. I'm ready to get into it. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. So why don't we start a little bit about telling us about a little bit about yourselves. Uh, Milo, why don't we start with you? Maybe you could tell us a little bit about um, your background in golf, what you do in golf, and uh, maybe a little bit about what TPI is all about. Okay. Wow. Uh, background in golf. Well, I got into golf actually through TPI. Um, this would have been back in uh, 2006. I went to a, a fitness conference um, and I saw this sign that said uh, golf fitness. And I kind of looked at it and thought, what, what is that? Golf fitness? Seriously? <laughs> and then, so let, let me, let me go in there and check this out. And then I go in there and then the co-founders of TPI, which is Dr. Greg Rose and Dave Phillips, uh, they were given a presentation and it was a presentation all about power. And the power was lower body power, core body power, upper body power. And uh, during that presentation, I'm not a shy person. So I volunteered to get out there and throw some balls around and jump up and, and all that stuff. And, and when they finished it all, I was just kind of sitting there thinking like, wow, Core body power, lower body power, upper body power. I mean, that's that's football, that's baseball, that's basketball, that's that's all these other sports. And thought, okay, there's there's something to this. So, and then it it enticed me enough to go to my first seminar, which was which would have been in 2007. So I went to a seminar in 2007, and 15 minutes into it, was just blown away, and I literally was on the phone. Uh, texting one of my buddies was like, dude, you would not believe what they're talking about. Like all they've done for 15 years at the time, 15 years is study the golf swing. That's it. That's it. It's like, imagine if you just spent 15 years just studying a jump shot, 15 years of studying a, a lift, 15 years of studying this one thing. And they, that's all they did. And so that's what they focused on. I'm like, okay, let me get into this. So, and so, uh, I mean, I, I absolutely love the obviously the fitness side from from day one. I still absolutely suck at playing golf. I can hit a ball a very long way, but I have to go and find it after I hit it because I work so much. I don't give my body or my brain the opportunity to play golf well. Uh, but um, I got into it uh, with with this whole notion of of addicting kids to movement addicting kids to fitness um um huge with with young athletes and uh, i think uh this world has been too overweight too out of shape and so i wanted to do something about it by getting in the fight and and i've developed i, I developed a long-term athletic development program for 
the fitness side of what the PPI juniors have done. I've done it for a couple of other entities as well. Uh, but you look at what, what kids are doing these days and the amount of movement that they aren't doing. And, you know, you, you want to change it, or at least I want, I want to change that. And, you know, that's, that's what I've been doing. And now I've been doing it long enough that I have kids who started with me at five years old and now they're in college playing golf. I have kids who started in middle school and they're uh, on the, they're on different tours. I have kids in high school who are on a PGA tour, on the LPGA tour, on a Symmetra tour, who are having just many different tours all, all around. And so um, uh, either I'm just getting old or, or what we're doing is, is, is actually working. You know, so, so it's, it, it's been fun. And then I've, again, I've worked with, with athletes uh, from numerous sports, uh, but from a golf standpoint, you know, I have, I still have, Today, I'll be working with a group of five, six, seven-year-olds. And then tonight, I'll be on the phone talking with my 27-year-old golfers. And how about you, Africa? Why don't you share a little bit about how you got into uh, golf, golf fitness, and TPI? Okay. Well, I graduated from college, like you said. And at the beginning, I was thinking about sports. And I was thinking about how could I help clients and how could I help uh, especially, you know, uh, amateur players to be better. And I was a handball uh, athlete at that time, actually. But I knew I didn't want to work with handball. I don't know if you had handball in, in the United States, actually, but I know it's very popular in, in Europe. And I, I took the Pilates course at that time. And I remember I was like wondering how am I going to use this were, you know, what my career will look like in the future. And I knew I wanted to work with a very niche group. I was looking for that niche and I was wondering where is this going to take me? And one day I was doing an exercise at the Pilates uh, certification and it was about rotation. And the, the teacher said, well, this is very important for sports like baseball and tennis and volleyball and golf. And when she said golf, I was like, huh. Maybe there is golf in Brazil. I didn't even knew that there was there were golfers in Brazil. So I start looking and I start researching and talking to people. And I realized that golf really existed here in Brazil. And it was very close. It was very niche. And it was uh, like a small society, but an important one, right? With uh, high uh, financial power to support it. Right. And I was looking for that kind of clients, clients that could afford a very specialist and very important uh, work. And I knew that golfers were very dedicated to their sport and they were like very obsessed even. So this is the kind of client that I was looking for. So I started my education at the beginning, just doing research at my former college, uh, just reading every every scientific research that I could find. And then one day I stumbled upon the TPI website, right? And I just devoured it for hours. It was, I was very excited to, found, to find it. And then, well, my husband did an MBA in the U.S. And I went with him. We lived in Charlottesville for two years. And that's where I started playing golf and taking classes, learning more about it. And I, I think I did my first TPI course uh, it was 2008, maybe. It was the, the first certification that I took. And I was just hooked because it was 
I thought it was just amazing. And those people were so amazing. I just wanted to be around them all day. And just, and like Milo, I'm not a shy person. So I was like volunteering during the courses and I was talking to them and just interacting. And that's where I went back to Brazil and started my company. And I've been doing great since then. I really started, I think, that notion of blue ocean in Brazil with the golf fitness, uh, uh, I would say the business model, right? And now I'm branching a little bit more. So I'm more about Latin America. I've been working with the Peruvian Federation as well, with the Colombian Federation and with athletes all around. And it's been great. And the time I spent on the national team with Brazil was very important for my education and was very important, especially for the networking part. And it got me to work with athletes and work with the Olympic network and the Olympic mind of researching and just trying to do the best for the athletes. So it's always a good experience, but I'm happy to be here, Doug, so let's start it. <laughs> I don't want to talk too much about myself. That's boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, mid-May as we're recording this show, so that means good weather, particularly in the uh, more northerly climate areas. So golfers are picking up clubs. They're heading to the courses. Some are hitting the range first to try and get reacquainted with their swing. Um and probably even more so, we'll be heading to the uh, tee box just to start playing again. Now, when we talk about this time of the year, I guess that's when golfers are going to be most susceptible to injuries or things of that nature. So with golfers are returning to play, what should they be aware of to avoid their injuries? What are some of the things that they should be doing? I mean, what kind of warm-up should they be involved with? Do you want to lead that off, Africa? And then uh, we'll go to Milo? Well, I think it all depends on the level that you want to play. Right. I guess that most players that have been living in very cold areas and now are seeing the golf courses opening, they are eager to play and they're very excited. And sometimes they want to do too much, too fast, too soon, and they don't have that preparation. Right. And it all depends on your age, on the level that you want to play and how much do you want to compete and use that skills. Right. So you have to be prepared for that. And I'll say that after maybe 30 years old, it's when injuries start to appear more and more often. So if you want to play at a level that you are demanding of your mind, of your body, the, you know, to, it, it's an overload to your, to your articulation and to your muscles, you have to do the work on the gym for that. So you have to be prepared. I would say that for each hour that you spend on the driving range, you should spend an hour on the gym, getting yourself ready. And I know that's not a reality, but that's what people should be doing. That's why, you know, that's how are you, you're going to avoid injuries. You don't want to get injured. And I know that golfers have that mentality that it's inevitable, but it's, it, it is inevitable, right? You should be avoiding it. You shouldn't be accustomed to pain and you shouldn't be uh, just thinking that it's natural to take a painkiller before hitting the golf course. That is not natural. That is not right. So just try to be prepared. <laughs> Milo is laughing. Why? <laughs> uh, well, because I, uh, I mean, 
my gym, it's outdoors and it's, it's adjacent, it's adjacent to a driving range. And I look out on that driving range and you know, I can see people who will literally, and I'm, I cannot stress this enough. They will take their club out of the bag. No, actually, so they'll, they'll walk up to their spot. They take their clubs. Uh, they take one club out of the bag and just kind of hold it over their head. And they may here, here, bend that way, bend that way, rub their shoulders around. Then they get up and start swinging the club. <laughs> and that's it. And I'm sitting there just thinking, are you kidding me? You know, this, you know, people, I mean, people fail to understand so the athleticism it takes to swing a golf club with efficiency. And uh, that's what, I mean, I, I was probably in that same mentality back when I saw the sign that said golf fitness, like, what is this all about? And so I go in and I, I have a very lucid understanding now of what golf fitness is. And, and like when people swing a club, I, if, if, Swinging a golf club is the most dynamic thing your body does on a weekly, on a daily or weekly basis. You are going to get injured. That that's just that that's just a fact. You're going to get injured. Swinging a golf club should be easy. Now the things that they do in the gym, that should be hard. The stuff you do in the gym should make the golf easy, but. Well, I'm not naive. I understand that people would want to get out and hit and and people don't look at fitness because so fitness is fitness can be hard. No, fitness is it, it can be a challenge. And and understanding what you have to do to play well. No, who who wants to spend time doing that? Yeah, but it's no, all about priorities, right, Milo? You have to have yeah. priorities. If yeah. you wanna play yes. at a good level, if you wanna, you know, have distance and have power and just enjoy it and not being chasing pain all the time, you have to set a priority. And, and I will say that I've, there is a certain point of, at your age that getting prepared to do that, it should be a priority, right? When you're 15 oh, yeah. or 20, you can just hit that machine and just play five, 10 rounds and drink on the day after, right? And the day before, and you're <laughs> fine. But that's not the reality for golfers above, I'll say, 30 years old, right? But the, the thing about these golfers who want to just get out and start playing, I mean, so Douglas, to your question, is like now isn't the time to get prepared to play golf. Mm -hmm. You're late. No, they should have been getting prepared to play golf, uh -huh. you know, back in April, back in March, back in December, in, uh, February, <laughs> January. Yeah, December. I mean, they um, you get ready to play then. And so that once this time hits, you can go out there and you can play without the worry of getting injury. And then the gym becomes a maintenance phase. There's like, like, like my professional golfers. You know, that's why they have an off season. You know that some of them will take, okay. Like a, uh, like a PGA tour player. I mean, he took uh, a month and a half off from, from touring so that he could come here. And we had, we had in that month and a half, we had like 36 sessions, something like that. And he was working on specific things and we got those specific things done so that he can go out there and play. Excuse me. He can go out there and, and play the way he needed to play, the way he wanted to play without 
getting injured. Now, that's the biggest thing that that fitness does for you is it doesn't just help you play with more efficiency. It helps you play, period. Safely. So you're not injured. Safely. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's and, and that's the thing. So people people just look at it and, and golf has this long standing thought process that, oh, if I, if I get if I, I don't want to get too bulky, it's going to mess up my swing. I don't want this is going to mess up my I, I, I get too stiff and all stuff. I'm like, no, you don't. You look at the Olympic movement. The second most mobile people in the Olympic movement are the Olympic weightlifters. You know, number one are the gymnasts, but the Olympic lifters. People who are pressing 400 pounds above their head and they're in a deep squat position. They are the second most mobile people in the movement. And yet, people don't want to lift weights because they're going to get stiff. Especially women, right, Milo? Especially women. Oh, my goodness. And women, women, you, you, you have another another whole thing to, to look at and worry about. And they're, oh, I don't want to look like a man. I don't, I don't want to look, I don't want to look big. I'm, I'm just like, look, unless you're taking drugs, you're not going to look like me. <laughs> it's not going to happen. But you can't. You don't have enough testosterone to look like me. Right. You know, so, so, yeah. Milo, so sorry for no, no, you mentioned uh, mobility. <laughs> yes. What, to the to the listeners at home, uh, what do you mean by mobility? I mean, it's quite easy to visualize with a gymnast, but when you start talking about a weightlifter mm-hmm. having mobility or a golfer having mobility, what do you mean by mobility? Hey, well, a golfer, so a golf is a rotary sport. And so there's going to be um, uh, what I guess we, we call it a, a, a kinematic sequence. There's a sequence that the body uses to help generate power. And that power is going to start in, in the lower body. And since it's a rotary sport, the power is going to start in the lower body. And it's going to come up you know, through the whole body and out the hands and into the club. But the way that happens is the body has to rotate for it to happen. Um, but one of the examples we, we use is, is it's kind of like a whip. You know, when you crack a whip, you know, when you hit that whip, you're 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 throwing it out and then you, you're pulling it back. So what happens when you pull it back is that that whip, it uncoils and uncoils and it gets faster and faster as it uncoils. And then when it hits that pop at the end, you know, that's the power that, that comes out. So to be able to generate that power, the body must be mobile. And so when it comes to a golf, a golfer having um Mobility in the ankles, having mobility in the hip, especially the hips and the T-spine. So your thoracic spine and your hips. So are you able to rotate your body on a stable surface? And say, I'm a right-handed golfer. If I want to stand on my left hip, on my left foot, am I able to take my left foot and keep it in place while my body rotates around that foot? Now, rotates around that base. You have to have mobility in the hip to be able to do that. Uh, and the golf swing, uh, I have to have external hip rotation. I have to have internal hip rotation on both sides to be able to be stable and to be able to generate the power. My thoracic spine, I have to be able to rotate my thoracic spine while my uh, lumbar spine stays flat so I can maintain posture when I'm in a golf swing. There are some people who come up out of a golf swing or they have what's called a C posture where their body is bent like this. Um, and uh, when they get into their backswing, their whole body has to move a certain way instead of just staying in place. And so from a mobility standpoint, being able, 
to move your body into the positions that your golf pro wants you to uh, wants you to be in, so that you can have the most efficient swing for that for that body. Um, if we don't have that, then it's going to be a lot more challenging to maintain consistency with the club face at impact. Uh, we some people come up and out, some people come over here, some people come over here. All that is because of either mobility or stability. And so you want to be able to be mobile in the hips, mobile in the, in the thoracic spine. Then that's primary. But then we can get into ankle mobility. We can get into wrist mobility. There's, there's, a, there's a lot more involved, too. Right, right. Um, so when somebody's coming to the golf course and say they've got about a half hour before tee time, what are some of the warm-up ideas that they should be looking to incorporate for before they start playing? Anybody want to take a stab at that, Africa? or Sure. So uh, I just want to go back to that thought of mobility. So it's very important to remember that mobility is not flexibility. And we see a lot of golfers doing static stretching, thinking they are warming up for golf. And this is a misconception and it's potentially dangerously. Okay, so there is a lot of research pointing out that Static stretching is going to be bad for you. It can get you injured because you're going to relax that with those muscles, right? You're telling your body to just relax, relax and loosen up. And then suddenly you're demanding a very hard and fast contraction on those muscles. So this is going to be very bad and you should avoid it. What you should be doing, it's something that is going to activate your muscles. So instead of trying to relax your muscles, you should be activating them. So you want to wake up your muscles. You want to wake your neurological system, your foot, your mobility, your stability. You want to be active and aware and you want your software and your hardware to communicate properly. So you should be doing movements and not static and passive stretching. Okay. So every, everything that is, you know, rotations and exploring the, the, you know, the articulations range of motion and moving three-dimensionally and moving in various planes of motion, not just on the sagittal plane, not just, you know, pushing and pulling, but like reaching something that is behind you, reaching something that is on the floor and just exploring that before you start hitting balls, okay? So you shouldn't be hitting balls to warm up. You should warm up to hit balls. That's something that has to be very clear on the golfer's mind. So it's important to spend at least 10 to 15 minutes doing that, especially if you have uh, an injury uh, that it was, you know, a previous injury. For example, if you know that your shoulder is prone to be stiff, and it's prone to have uh, instability, right? So you, you've dislocated your shoulder, for example, in the past. You should be, you know, using the time to warm up properly, to stabilize, to awake those muscles, right? To activate your, those muscles instead of relaxing and losing and just making everything smooth and painless. You should be waking up. That's the tip. Okay. I think to add add to that, like what about the golf swing is static? What golf swing static? There, you said there's nothing about the golf oh, swing that's yeah. static. The golf swing is moving, so the golf swing is moving. So your warm up should be conducive to 
the activity that you're going to do. So you're going to be swinging a club. Um, said it in seminars many times before, the golf swing is a complex, dynamic, explosive movement that requires a proper sequencing of muscles if you want to be able to do it consistently and correctly. So your warm-up should be something that enables you to do that golf swing efficiently. So if you're exploding during the golf swing, you, your warm-up needs to have some explosive movements. If you're going to be rotating during the golf swing, your warm-up needs to have some rotate, some rotary movements. Now, the human body goes through seven primary movement patterns. You flex, you extend, you rotate one way, you rotate the other way, you stand on one foot, you stand on the other foot, and you squat. And so your warm-up needs to have all of those and a combination of those as you go through them so that your body is able to be ready to actually do those movements uh, in, in action. So if, if, if your warm-up is just bending over, touching your toes, if I'm your warm-up is... And this? Yeah. Ready doing to go. One of these numbers? Yeah. <laughs> All that stuff. Uh, you are absolutely asking for injury. I think uh, Africa said it uh, best early on is like, what level do you want to play at? If you want to play at a, at a high level that's high for you, then you will take your preparation to get to that level more seriously. If you just want to go out and then and drink beers and smoke with the with the guys or smoke with the girls or whatever it is now and you don't want to you, you don't want to play well okay then then don't do any of that stuff now and and you know, brag with your friends oh yeah when i played golf i got injured right there at least i got injured playing golf i mean it sounds stupid but but that's i i've i've heard that before I've also heard, you know, I, I had, I had, I had some sometimes that I was, you know, in tournaments, and I will ask people, "Do you want to warm up?" And some will say, "Oh no, 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 I don't need it. I just want to have fun." <laughs> yeah, true. So, what are some examples of warm up exercises that will accomplish some of the things that you're mentioning, in terms of not being static, more of a dynamic warm up? What What are some drills? Well, I I have one that I've used for. Almost, wow, I am getting old. Almost 18 years now you know, for uh, that is that is good for all sports. You know, and I mean, I can can tell it to you. I don't know if you're going to put any links or anything like this, but but I can because I, I have it online. It's skipping, it's hopping, it's shuffling, it's doing high knees, it's doing a skips, it's doing stiff legged bounds, it's doing butt kicks. Um, you have a walking hamstring stretch, a walking leg kick. Uh, then there's a lunge with a reach up, a lunge with a twist. Uh, you have a walking quadriceps stretch, walking glute stretch. Then there's the internal external hip rotations moving forward, internal external hip rotations moving backwards. Uh, in all of this, there is not one single point in this where you're staying still. You're constantly moving. Then you finish off with there's a karaoke exercise going one way, going the other way. And you finish off with with uh, um, uh, stiff legged a skip that we do, and then a, a power skip. I've never so seen anybody that, do that on the golf course, Milo. Yeah. No, and see, yeah. and the only people, yeah, only people I've seen do it on the golf course, professional, my yeah, professional, <laughs> yeah. And and they, yeah, because these these especially these kids, you get it in their heads early on because most people are embarrassed. Yeah. About it. I was like, oh, I don't want to 
I don't want to get out there and everybody's staring at me and all that stuff. I'm like, um, do you want to be at the top of the leaderboard? Would would you want them? Would you want to be there? Oh, uh, if you want to get to the top of the leaderboard, you're not preparing your body to get there. You know, this is what you do to get there. Because I look at what the best athletes in the world do. Now, I will guarantee you that Roy McIlroy is warming up. I bet you Justin Johnson is warming up. Oh, I bet you. I mean, you look 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 back in the day. I mean, Lorena Ochoa was. I, she was huge about exercise. Look at uh, Annika Sorensen. It was huge about exercise. Look at the women coming up now. They are big on exercise. You know, they are they are stronger. They are more stable. They are more mobile. They are hitting the ball farther. They, I mean, everything about it you know, goes back to how they prepare for this. And they are preparing for it by getting out there and understanding the importance of their exercise and that doesn't just happen in the gym that happens before they see it. Right. Right. Well, we can, uh, we can put some links and things like that up on the website too, for our, uh, audience members and readers and things like that. So they'll get a better idea of what kind of static, uh, versus dynamic exercising they should be looking at. So I hate to say this because I know it's almost, almost the antithesis of what we've been talking about for the last 10 minutes, but let's say, for example, you know, I'm coming from work. I got a tea time. I'm running late. Traffic's a little bit heavy. I'm trying to get to the uh, golf course in time so I can make my tea time. And as I get there, I only have five minutes to make the tea box. What's something I can do in that short period of time to at least activate some muscles and, and get ready to swing a little bit? I mean, I realize not ideal, not encouraged, but at least to, you know, try and get something going uh, and minimize a little bit of potential injury. Well, the best thing I would do is sprint. <laughs> I'd get out there. I do some jog. I like jog back and forth ten yards, and um, then get that ten yards. Do it faster. Do it faster. Do it faster again because sprinting is going to help every aspect of the body. And so I would get out there and and you know, do what I need to do so that I can I, I can sprint. Outside of that, is just doing those seven things I told you about. You know, you can flex. You can extend. You can rotate. Rotate. Squat. Squat. Uh, so I do that and sprint, do that and sprint. One thing that I like a lot, it's, uh, just, sorry, Doug, one thing that I like a lot is just doing just rotations with, you know, shoulders, neck, uh, thoracic, uh, your hips, your hips, uh, your ankles, something like that, exploring, exploring being in one, in one foot and then the other one and just like jumping jacks is something that you can do on the same, you don't have to be running around but you can do jumping jacks and and i know it sounds a little silly i've never seen anybody doing jumping jacks on the tee box but like milo said you want to be on the top leader right you want to you, you want that right so you shouldn't be thinking oh my god this is embarrassing people are looking at me forget about them this is about you right i have a jump rope in my golf bag <laughs> so i have i have jump rope on, on the tee box to get ready to play <laughs> yeah, you can use elastic bands as well. It's like elastic band, elastic bands, you know, it helps you and it's pretty f easy to carry and have it on your, on your golf bag and you can use it anywhere. Okay. Let's say I've been playing a little bit and say it's my fourth or fifth round of the year. I'm starting to experience discomfort or pain mid round or even at the practice range. What should I be doing? Uh, Africa, do you want to maybe lead off with that? 
Okay, the first thing is to understand when is this happening and why is this happening, right? And understanding that not always the local of pain is going to be the source of that injury. Sometimes you can have pain on your low back and the problem is not because your low back is weak. We hear that a lot. Like somebody will come with a low, with a low back pain and they will say, oh, my low back is very bad. It's very weak. And then you test it and it's not. It's his internal rotation on the hip that is very, very bad or his thoracic rotation that is very, very bad. So you have to investigate. You have to go to the source of that pain, of that injury. And one thing that you have to avoid is trying to ignore that through, you know, medicine and through uh, analgesic uh, painkillers and stuff like that, because what that that's going to do is just going to shut down that system that it's acknowledging that you have a problem, that you're, you know, past your threshold of uh, tissue uh, health, right? Like, and then, and you just have to deal with it. Pain, it's a sign that something is wrong and it should not be ignored. It's, it's like when you're driving around and, you know, a red light pops up on your car. You're not going to ignore that, right? You're going to stop immediately and then you're going to investigate what is that? Even if you have to read the manual all over again, but you want to know what is that because you don't want to be, you know, stranded in a road at night and it's, it could be dangerous. It's the same thing with your body. If you have like a small pain on your, say your spine someplace, you know, your thoracic spine, and then you go out playing and then it hurts a little bit more. It's a bigger sign. And then you're ignoring to take a pill and then it hurts a little bit more. And then suddenly you have a hernia, right? It's going to be like that. So it's going to be a sign that it should be investigated, not ignore it. I think it's it's physiologically impossible for the body to go through proper movement patterns in the presence of pain. And so you are going to alter your, your movement pattern. So if something is hurting, um, you get that checked out. And one of the things about uh, what TPI has done and just the whole philosophy is you have a team of people who are around you. So you have your golf professional, you have your fitness professional, and you have a medical professional. So you have your medical professional. So that's someone who can look at the pain because as a fitness professional, there is only a modicum of pain that I understand and know how to deal with. So, and so I, I have several people. I have, I have, um, uh, chiropractors. I have physical therapists. I have NKT specialists, I have, um, ART specialists who I can send my athletes to. Uh, I will send them to, Hey, um, uh, could you, Megan, could you check out his, his lower back? There's something going on there. Maybe I, I did some stuff. You know, there's definitely some weakness in the, in the, uh, in the right glute or something is happening there. So she can check that out and find out what she needs to do to help this athlete get back so that I can then help him get or help her get stronger so that we can, we can not avoid the injury. We find out what the source of the injury is and make sure that's stronger so we don't get that injury again. Uh, and if we sit there and continually avoid it, then we are going to alter our movement patterns. And then that's going to lead us down a road. It's going to lead the athlete down the road of other injuries and in other parts of the, of the body. And so you're going to get wrecked all over. Yeah, the first sign is always going to be a different movement pattern. So you're going to notice that your swing is off. And sometimes that's going to come before pain. 
So you should be aware of that when you when your speed is off, when your distance is off, even if you don't have pain, even if you don't have swelling, it that can be a sign that you're, you know, passing your fatigue and you're starting to get injured. That should be a, a sign already. So stop, in other words. When you're starting to feel some pain, yes. don't keep trying to play through it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no upside to playing through the pain. No. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's especially for amateur players, right? Yeah, I mean, you're not out there. You got to go to work in the morning. Yes, exactly. I mean, if I'm trying to win the Masters and I wake up and my hips hurting, I'm like, oh, okay, I got to fight through this. I have a chance to win, win the Masters, and then if I get to a point where I just can't move, I'm like, okay, I tried. But amateur players, what are you, what are you trying to prove? And I guess the other moral, well, there's lots of to be learned there, but. <laughs> On a lighter side, I was going to say, I guess uh, we should be trying to break the habit of uh, going to the tee box, popping a pair of uh, a leaves, and uh, getting ready to start playing. Eh? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. Because that that that's just a band aid. Yeah. That is that that's a band aid. That's a band aid. And sometimes, if the cut is like this, that's a band aid that's like that big and not big enough to cover anything. And so you're, I mean, you're not, you're just taking care of a little piece of it, a little piece of it. Oh, I just had to feel better so I can play today. And then you don't know what that's going to do to you down the line. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. All right. Good discussion. Uh, We're going to take a short commercial break. And when we come back in our next segment, we're going to talk about power, strength, and movement. Built on a sleek titanium frame with a light yet strong carbon body and a precision weighting system. The new TR20 from Hanma. Speed reframed. Welcome back. Thank you for staying with us. Now we go into our next segment where we're going to talk about power, strength, and movement. So, um, Milo, why don't you start us off by sharing with us what this more modern approach to, uh, to body fitness, fitness training and development is all about. Well, I know I started touching on it a little bit ago and in the last segment when I talked about the approach that we have with with a golfer now um, there used to be just the golfer and the golf pro that's it now the fitness uh, for the longest wasn't even a, a part of this so you had um, you had the golf pro using or sometimes using different gadgets sometimes um, uh, trying to help the golfer, They'll hit further or hit farther um, just by altering stances and and swings and 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 just everything just related to the swing. There was nothing that was related to the body. Oh, it's just because what TPI looks at is there's a whole there's a whole body swing connection, and the body and the swing it's not just fitness. So so you have the golf pro, then you have fitness. Is are you getting injured? Now, how do we keep from getting injured? So there's a medical person in there. Like, what about the thought processes do you have? Um, uh, what, what are your thoughts going going up going up to a shot? Now, so the mental approach to it. Now, and then when we talk about uh, you know the physical, you talk about the mental. Well, what about the nutritional? You know, what are you putting in the body? You know, so uh, there's a lot more holistic approach toward. Uh, playing golf now than there was uh, years ago. I mean, the, the golfers who I work with right now, um, 
they have all of those. And what I said, they have the golf pro, they have a fitness pro, they have a medical person, they have a nutritional person, they have a, a, a mental person. Uh, so uh, there's definitely a holistic approach that that is toward golf. And now, not every amateur is going to do all of that. You know, they're they're not going to uh, want to get all all these different people. So, but they can do some of that stuff on their own, or they can at least allow it to come in and not not you know poo poo it. Say no, well, I I don't need I don't need a fitness person. I don't need a nutrition person. I don't need any of this stuff. And again, kind of like Africa said before, what level do you want to play at? You know, if you want to play at a high level for you, then uh, there needs to be a more lucid understanding of how your body is going to react to the swing if you are dehydrated, how your body is going to react to the swing if you haven't fueled properly, now, how your body is going to react to the swing if you have this big presentation tomorrow that you have to get through and you're nervous about that presentation. So there's going to be a reaction that happens in the swing or if you're playing other sports, basketball, baseball, whatever it is, your body is going to react to that. And then something that we haven't even talked about with women, understanding the hormonal cycle and how that is going to affect everything from a nutritional standpoint, from a mental standpoint, all of that. So, so there's, there's a much more holistic approach toward understanding playing golf than there was years ago. And the amateur players, uh, I think they, they definitely need to grasp that and at least have an understanding of it so that they can employ some of those things if they want to be better players. How would, uh, I mean, when I first started out playing golf a long time ago, <laughs> um, a gym session or a fitness session or workout session would be a little bit different than it is today. How is it different from your typical gym workout, you know, doing some deadlifts and, and bicep curls and things of that nature, or maybe hitting the uh, treadmill or doing some uh, cardio on the treadmill to what you have today for a, a, a more holistic workout? Africa, do you want to maybe share sure. some thoughts on that? I think, you know, everybody should be aware of what their body needs, okay? It's very easy to fall into that trap of going to the gym and doing only what you like, what you're good at. Like women, you'll see women doing Pilates and yoga because they have more mobility and they have more flexibility and they enjoy that. They enjoy that feeling and they they want to work on their lower part, you know, the, the butts, abs and thighs and they want to look good. And sometimes they have that aesthetic mindset going to the gym, right? Instead of thinking what my body needs to perform, to perform at a higher level what my body needs to perform at golf, at baseball, at soccer, whatever the sport is. And for men also, you know, men, you will go to the gym and you will see them doing biceps curls and chest press and, you know, pull-ups and stuff like that because they want to look big and they want to, you know, feel good and they want to look good without a shirt, right? But sometimes that is not serving them. So I think the approach should be like what is good for myself. What do I need? Like, for example, in my case, I have two surgeries on my knee. So when I go to the gym, I have my knee stability 
in mind. I don't think about, you know, I want like a six pack. No, I just want to play and I want to have fun and I don't want to have another, another injury and I, want, I don't want to go through surgery anymore, right? So that's my mindset. And so everybody should be aware of that. And one way to be like that is to have a professional evaluating you right? And assessing your mobility, your stability, just to tell you what your plan should look like. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look better, right? And, but I think people should be more informed as to what it takes for that, right? Like there's a, a very wrong assumption that you should be doing more cardio if you want to be leaner, right? And they don't understand that sometimes your nutrition is a has a bigger impact on how you look, how lean you are, than, you know, how much cardio do you do, right? We know that explosive movement and explosive sports are much better at that, right? Because you release a lot more testosterone and less cortisol when you're working with power, with speed. But there is, there's still a lot of myths, I think, around the fitness uh, industry and people just need to be informed and people should have that mindset of hiring a good professional to help them navigate that and just to think about what is my plan? What do I want to accomplish? You know, do I want to play better golf or do I want to look better without my shirt, right? How do I accomplish that? What are my needs? Like Milo said, what is the team approach to that, right? If you want, if, if I want to play golf and I have a previous injury or a previous surgery, do I need to speak to a physiotherapist before that? Do I need to have my physiotherapist communicate with my golf coach and with my fitness instructor? So I think it has to be very personalized. Uh, I think the fitness industry and the fitness model nowadays is more personalized and everybody wants to have the best results that they can accomplish, right? You don't want to hit the gym three times a week and not have results. But you're not going to have results if you're basing your training in what you read at a fitness magazine or what you see on Instagram only, right? If you see like a very cool, sexy exercise on Instagram and you think, oh, that's why he's powerful, I'm going to do that. But I don't have the stability to do that exercise. I don't have the coordination to do that exercise. So that's not for me. You have to be realistic. And people, sometimes they are in a rush. They want to have that result yesterday, not tomorrow, right? So they want to do, like we said, too soon, too fast, too much. And it's all about self-regulation and self-knowledge and just having clear goals and clear uh, roadmaps for you. Uh, Africa, I love the fact that you finished that with roadmaps because that's one of the big things that happens when you go to a, a qualified trainer. It's like, Douglas, I have never seen you swing a golf club at all, but I could spend, uh, I could spend about 10 minutes with you out here taking you through an assessment and I can tell you how you swing a golf club only because the only way you're going to be able to swing a golf club is the way your body moves. And so I take you through an assessment. I know how your body moves. And then if you're coming to me wanting to play better golf, then I give you that assessment. And then I go to your coach and I say, okay, look, Douglas has limited internal rotation on his lead hip. 
Um, his thoracic spine, he has limited mo mobility there. Um, he can't touch his toes right now. Uh, his uh, squat pattern, it's off here because his left uh, ankle dorsal flexion is, is it's not where it needs to be. You know? And so uh, what do you want me to do first? Because the golf pro is the one who is leading this charge with you. He, he or she is the one who is going to show you how uh, they want you, how to get you scoring, scoring better. But if that golf pro wants you to do a specific thing, but you physically cannot do that, there's nothing that golf pro is going to do that is going to enable you to physically do that. That's when you come to me. Uh, and then if I can't get you to do that because you're in pain, then that's when you go to Megan or you go to 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 Vanessa. I'll send you to them and they get you out of pain. Then you come to me, I get you stronger, I get you more mobile, I get you more stable. Then you go to the golf pro, golf pro is like, oh yeah, this is yes, bam, now you have it. And so the gym sessions now are specific to what you want to do as a golfer. They're specific to what you want to do on the course. And so you may come in and your best friend may come in and you may be doing the same gym session, yet I have something that is specific to you. I have something that is specific to your best friend. Even though you both may want power, yet power for you is going to be different than power for your best friend because your bodies are different and your strength and your weaknesses are different. But so just as Africa said, just because you see it in a magazine and or on, you see it online, somebody has know this exercise that's giving them power that doesn't mean it's right for you so, so you have to find out what is right for your body and for your strengths your weaknesses your mobilities your instabilities you're basically talking about um, the importance of individualization with regards to training programs and being able to understand what the needs are of each individual athlete and uh, um, what their capabilities are what areas they need to be able to focus on in order to be able to achieve certain uh, movements and outcomes, things of that nature. So let me take this to the next steps. Uh, how does one go about like as a fitness professional, like yourselves, how does you go about helping someone learn how to synchronize their body in a smooth and powerful movement, regardless if it's golf or something else? I mean, obviously you've talked a, a fair bit today, Milo and, and you too, Africa about, uh, the importance of synchronizing the body and being able to get the body moving in all the right sequence and in the right uh, directions and whatnot. So how, how do you kind of impart that to say uh, a client and particular, whether it's a, an elite client or say somebody who's newer to the sport and is there a big difference? Yeah. Well, I I've seen professional players being very, very uncoordinated. Like I will ask a professional player to jump rope or to skip or to do the karaoke or just to do a throw. And they are awful because they are so specialized on what they're doing that their brain cannot phantom anything else <laughs> apart from that. And then you have those type of clients, the amateurs that have spent the last 20 years sitting on a chair for 16 hours a day, not playing sports not playing with their kids, not, not doing anything apart from hitting the treadmill. 
and uh, and and trying to run outside, right? And that is not enough to give you that coordination and that body sequence and that uh, the harmony of movement, right? So sometimes, you know, if I have a new client and then I do the assessment, you know, the screening, mobility, stability, whatnot, I'll ask them to do some basic coordination movements like skipping or jump rope or throwing a ball. And if they suck at that, that's where we're starting. We're starting with just walking and, you know, changing patterns and then walking backwards and then sideways and then throwing a ball. I had a client that I have him throwing balls with me for like maybe four sessions. He was already getting pissed at me. But at the end of it, like his swing got so much better just because, you know, just the throwing pattern is very similar to the golf swing. You know, you have that sequence, you have the hips, you have the rotation, you have, you know, the the changing of that uh, ground foot um, power and that, and that, you know, just help me out, not Milo. <laughs> yeah, the weight shift. Yeah, the weight shift is very similar. So we were just like throwing balls right-handed and then left-handed and then right-handed, left-handed for sometimes hours, but that helped him getting, you know, that sequence better understood, right? So it really takes a very personalized look to each other to see what they can accomplish. And most of the times I would say it's related to what they've been doing before that. Have they ever played other sports? You know, have, you know, when they were kids, what did they do? Did they swim? Did they play tennis? Did they play baseball or soccer? Whatever. Sometimes, you know, even if you've been working for the past 20 years sitting on a chair, but you had that background, it's easier to recover that. You know, that's stored somewhere in your brain. So it's easy to recover other than, you know, a person that never have participated in any sports. You know, the only fitness he has is just walking on treadmills and doing, you know, bench presses and working out on machines in the gym with that stable, uh, just one plane of motion and very secure and safe environment, not exposing itself to movement in three-dimensional way. So that's going to play a really difficult part on you learning a new sport like golf, for example, if you want to start, you know, pick up a golf club, you think it's the right time for that. <laughs> and you think golf is safe. You're wrong. You're wrong because it's not easy. It's not safe. And, and it's not so rewarding when you're a beginner, right? It takes hard work. <laughs> I think Douglas, every, every athlete who comes through here who wants to get on a, a personal program, um, that assessment is absolutely crucial because if you don't assess, you don't know where to start. The assessment for me, it helps me create that roadmap. And so I go back to the most primitive thing that we do, and that's breathing. Now, the first thing that everyone who is listening to this, everyone who is watching this, the first thing that they did when they came into this world was take a breath. And so I go back to breathing. How are you breathing? Then from there, you're going into primitive postural, primitive and postural reflex retention and integration. So look at how are their reflexes affecting what they're doing now because you go from breathing to reflexes to movement. 
out. And so once you get to a point where you understand how their body is moving, then you can create that roadmap to say, okay, this is what's first. And so everybody goes through, goes through that. It's the fundamentals. You know, so after that, then we can go down the line and say, okay, well, you're a golfer and you want to do this, this, and this. So let's do this kind of golf assessment. You're a baseball player. So let's do this, this, and this, because that's going to be more beneficial toward you there. You play tennis. Let's do this over here. You know, you're, you're a mixed martial artist. Let's do, do this over here. And so everybody is going to be different after a certain point, but up to a certain point, everybody is going to be the same. And so you take everybody through that to see what that baseline is. What are you dealing with you now from, from here on out? And uh, at, at that point, then it becomes, uh, for me, it, it becomes easy. And that's where I kind of geek out on crunching these numbers and putting this together. And you can see how this movement over here affects this over here and how that affects this over here. And you can put everything together and like, okay, oh, sweet, sweet. He is about to be amazed at what's going to happen to his body or she is, this is about, and, and so you get excited, but then you got to calm down and say, okay, now I have to see how does this person work? Is this the kind of person who wants to really put in the work that it's going to take to get here? Because early on, and I tell everybody, some of this stuff is going to be absolutely boring because it's not the crazy cool exercises that you see on Instagram or you see on the Nike commercials or you see all that stuff. Because guess what? Your body is not ready to do those yet. We will get to those, but you have to go through this boring stuff first. This stuff that you might look and think, oh, my five-year-old can do this. Yeah, your five-year-old can do it because they never stopped doing it. You stopped doing this. So that's why we have to do this again. It's about consistency, right, so, Milo? It's it, People have to think that, yes. you know, achieving a certain amount of fitness and a certain amount of performance on the golf course is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And you have to build it slowly. You cannot gain speed and power and coordination, you know, in two days or a week. It's a process. And, and, and that, you know, it, it's, it's kind of, you know... It, it, it's very repeated, you know, trust the process, but it's that. You have to really trust your coach. And, and like Milo said, some of the stuff at the beginning is very boring. And people are like, but why am I doing, you know, why am I crawling on the floor? I want to be hitting mad balls on the wall, like, like Rory. I don't want to be rolling on the floor. I don't want to throw a ball. I, I, I want to, you know, I want to hit like two clubs. I want to I wanna use two clubs to hit a ball. And stuff like that. And people don't have the patience. And like we said, it's all about priorities. Right. So let me play a little bit of devil's advocate here. Not that I don't agree with TPI and the TPI movement and and everything we've been talking about. But I know sometimes you're going to have those skeptics out there who are going to have these types of questions. So that's what I want to put out there. You have... Bring it on. You have the skeptic who says to you, look... Jack Nicholas never had to do any of this stuff. Um, you know, uh, Sam Sneed never did any of this. And yet they hit the golf ball beautifully, wonderfully, uh, with a lot of distance. So why would I, you know, why do I want to do something like this? Or, or won't this really limit my ability to hit a golf ball because it becomes too mechanical? Things of that nature. So how would you respond to that? <laughs> well, the first thing, since you mentioned Jack, I would say... Um, why don't you talk with Jack again? Because Jack was an athlete. 
Jack was a gym rat. He is a self-professed gym rat. You know, and so he he talked about that a lot. But then when you look at um uh when you look at you have Jack, you have uh uh Arnie, and then oh my I just forgot his name, South African Gary Gary um, Player. Yeah, get Gary Player. So when you look at you look at those three, who's still playing golf? <laughs> Who's still playing? I mean, Gary Player, uh, he, I mean, Gary Player was the one who trumpeted fitness way back when. Now, I met Gary Player, I don't know, about 15 years ago uh, at, at, a, at a tournament up in up in Orange County. He comes up to me, literally, like, kind of grabs my arm here, you know, squeezes that, squeezes that. He's like, oh, my goodness. I'm telling you, with your body and my brain, we'd be kicking Tiger's ass. Yeah, and so, and so I mean, but Gary, he's the one who trumpeted fitness and he's the one who can still go out and play right now. And so when people talk about, oh, well, Sam C didn't do this, I don't, I mean, that's fine. You don't need to train with me then. You're going to play at the level that you, that you want to play at, but I can guarantee you right now, so name somebody in the top 100 on any of these tours, oh, the PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, European Tour, uh, who's not working out? Okay, I'll throw one name out at you, and it's probably not fair to him. But the one that comes to mind a lot is John Daly. And he's not in the top 100 on the PGA Tour. Well, he was, though. Great answer, Milo. No, but, but the thing about John Daly, the thing about John Daly, which people will look at him from an aesthetic standpoint... <laughs> And they'll say, oh, he doesn't work out. But I would love to get those people who say that, and I would love to take them through the same assessment I take John Daly through. Because John Daly could do a full overhead deep squat. He doesn't John look Daly like, but that's just how, his biology. You know, he's just built like that. Yes. Maybe, you know, there's a there's another player on the LPG, I don't remember her name, that is also kind of overweight and everybody, you know, picks on her because of that. But she's an athlete and, the, you know, you don't have to be lean and strong and look like a model to be considered an athlete. People have different body types. And that doesn't mean he's not powerful. He's not mobile. He's not flexible. It doesn't mean. And then what did what did Tiger say about John Daly? What did Tiger say about John Daly? I mean, because if John Daly, because um, I uh, just because I hope I'm not giving away anything here, but um, but I know John Daly was given a gym. Now I, I forgot he he signed with somebody and they gave him like all this equipment for a gym. And he goes in there and does some workout one day and is stupid sore for the next few days. He donated the whole gym to, to his high school and said, I'm not doing this. And so John Daly, he got to this point where he actually thought about the training and wanted to take it seriously. But he didn't have someone just gave him a gym, but then give him a knowledgeable person who could help him navigate. The, his fitness journey. Uh, so and so that is something that was horrible. I mean, I mean, I I, mean, I felt bad for him at that point. I felt bad, and I was pissed as well because I'm like, goodness, because when I mean, to me, Tiger's the best. He's the best person I've ever seen play. Person, and when Tiger is saying that John Daly has more skill and ability in his pinky than everybody 
on this range Taz put together. I look at that and I'm I'm irritated that we didn't get to see that. Because I mean, what would happen if John Daly actually took yeah. his fitness more yes. seriously? I agree. Not that he's just out of out of shape or whatever, because he could still do the things he needed to do to play golf. He had the mobility, he had the stability. But if he took his fitness more seriously, oh my goodness. I mean, it, I think that is just raw I talent. Mean, we, we, and, 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 you know, and, 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 and he, he relies a lot on that. But it's true that it's not going to take him that far because he didn't use that part of, you know, his training much seriously. But it's true that he's an out, I think he's an outlier. I, I don't think he should be a good example of, you know, What about John Daly? No. What about Rory? What about Jason Day? What about, you know, the other guys? So that's just one example. We have thousands to contribute. Oh, no, no. That. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. But you know the perception, and that's why I, I uh, yeah. perhaps unfairly uh, threw John's name out there as one. I mean, you can't, oh. you cannot be able to draw that club back like he does in a backswing without having the uh, stability and mobility to be able to exactly. do that. You know, and the, but you can't hit that ball that far. No, and the athletic ability to come in and and <laughs> and be synchronized so wonderfully to be able to uh, maximize that power through. <laughs> you know, I mean, he was yeah, out driving I mean, there, Tiger. There people, yeah, there are people who who look at. I mean, actually, so people should know. To have power, you have to have strength. You cannot have power without strength. No strength begets power. And John Daly's hitting, I mean, he was leading the tour and driving distance for how long? So you cannot have that without being strong. And you can't maintain that consistency with the club face at impact without being stable, without being mobile. Oh, and so, so yeah, so I mean, John Daly, he's, he is an incredible golfer. He's athletic enough to be a, a very good golfer. And I still just wonder what would have happened if. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What would have happened if? As we start to draw to a close here for this episode, Milo, what would you suggest as being some of the things that are important for an athlete to remember or somebody who's about to embark on a fitness program or already is in a fitness program? What are some important things for them to remember? Hey, well, first of all, what is it you want to do? I'll always keep that goal in, in mind. I mean, what's the goal you are you are trying to achieve? And then um, I tell a lot of my athletes, well, I'll, I tell all of my athletes, because like, there should be no point in our relationship as athlete and coach where you ask me, uh, how is this going to help me on a golf course? There should I should always be able to answer that question. Oh, you're doing this. This is how it's going to help you. Oh, and so the athlete should have an absolute belief and absolute trust in the process that he or she is going through and how that process is going to help them become a better athlete so that, so that they can become a better or he or she can become a better golfer or a better baseball player or a better, better volleyball player. I mean, I get these kids out here. I have a group of kids who come out. No, three times a week, I have volleyball players in there. I have baseball players. I have golfers. Um, I have tennis players in there. And each exercise that we do, 
I sit there and tell them, this is why this is going to help you in tennis. This is why this is going to help you in golf. This is why. Now, so they, they have to know and understand that. Then, uh, so understand the goal. And the goal is always, you know, the, that, that's the target. That's what you're always trying to reach for. So that's one. Then two, uh, have a trust in the team that you have around you. And so that team is the trainer. It's uh, if there's uh, nutrition people, even if it's a young athlete, guess who the nutritionist is? It's mom and dad. <laughs> so, so they have to be a, a part of that. They have to be enrolled in it. Uh, and I have no problem telling mom and dad when they need to step their game up. Uh, because we have some kids. You know, mom, I mean, a kid comes here eating a, uh ice cream cone. So getting ready for for a practice session, I don't get mad at the kid. I'm like, Dad, what what are you doing here? <laughs> we we this athlete is about to come out here and try to become a better athlete, and you're sending him here on this kind of fuel. Are you serious? No, and and he's like, oh, he was griping about this. He was hungry. He was oh, he's hungry, so you give him ice cream. Really? <laughs> That's not going to help him become a better athlete. You know, so. It's just you know, making sure that athlete has complete trust and, and understanding of his or her role on that team, too, because guess what? The athlete is a part of that team. And so they need, so they need to understand the goal. They need to have, have the right team around them. And then they need to have fun during that journey. Because if, if you have the goal is out there, you have the team around you, so that part is set. That's great. But then you still need to have fun doing it. Right. So how does somebody find a trainer like yourselves? Uh, Africa, do you want to maybe uh, sure. uh, take well, the uh, time to explain you, that? People can go on my website, golfyfit.com, or they can see my work on Instagram. Uh, I have a ton of videos there. But I, I'm helping golfers around the world nowadays. I think one good thing that came out of the pandemic is that everybody now is using more of the online platforms. And, and I can speak for myself that I was one of those, like I was only doing in-person sessions, but now I'm reaching out clients all over the world. Like I, I have an online program that it's based in five different programs. It's very, you know, it's, it's very uh, one step at a time. So people don't go straight to power. They have to start with the basics, even if it's boring, but I make everybody start at the beginning and that online program is available worldwide. So they can reach out and talk to me through Instagram or just send me a message through my website and we can start the conversation there. Great. And how about yourself, Milo? Well, um, first off, just just in general, if you're looking for a, a good golf trainer, um, uh, you can go to the TPI website. So I believe it's, uh, it's www.mytpi.com. You can go in there and there's a find a, find a pro you know, site in there. And so wherever you are on the world, because there's about 30 some odd thousand you know, certified uh, golf pros, trainers, medical, medical professions around the world. So you can go in there, put in the city you live in, and they'll find everybody around there who's, who's TPI certified. Uh, but for me, uh, personally, I have... I have uh, my website also, which is milostrong.com. Uh, so you can go there and get in contact with me there. Uh, and then looking on uh, in Instagram, I'm on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Um, 
And then I have in my clay program, so which is the Coalition for Launching Active Youth. Now that is a program that's also online, and that's what I use to help teach adults how to work with young athletes. And this is of, of all sports, and that's at clay.life, C-L-A-Y dot life, L-I-F-E. So you can go there, and uh, that is an online program that you'll be able to use that will take you through 18 years of understanding how to work with with young athletes. So, and then the um, the online, I, I wish, and this is sad, for, bad for me to say probably, I wish I were a better online trainer, <laughs> but... <laughs> It's like I'm still uh, I, I have people who I work with online because they're not going to work with somebody else. They're like, I'm moving. I'm going to stick. I'm going to stick with you. But they've been with me for years. Uh, so I, I can work with them. But I'm still so much of an in-person trainer. Uh, it's 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 un, it's unreal. But um, so from an online training standpoint, I can teach you how to train kids. But if you want to go to online training, Africa is the one to go to. <laughs> After we'll be able to help you. Thank you, Milo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As we end, uh, I want to say thank you for for taking the time out of your busy schedules to be here with us today and to talk uh, all things fitness today. Um, I know time's flown by, but it's been an hour already, so that's how quickly it's gone. <laughs> it was a lot um, of fun. Yeah. No, yeah. I appreciate it. And I'm sure our audience will uh, be even more appreciative. So what's up next? Uh, for either of you, um, Africa, you, anything coming down the pipe for you in the next little while? Uh, well, I have, I, I'm, I'm, I've been invited to participate in a new online platform called LATAM Golf, and it's going to launch soon. And this is a platform idolized for, uh, by some uh, golfers, uh, sorry, some golf coaches in Latin America, the best of the best. Uh, and I was very lucky to be invited, and I feel very humble to say this, but I'm the only woman on that team and the only one from Brazil as well. Uh, and it's an online platform with master classes with all range of subjects from putting, uh, chipping. I, I have a, a lecture there that it's about the female athlete and how to gain more power and how to work through the hormonal uh, system as well. And that's going to be launched soon. And just I'm just enjoying it, the process right now, Doug. Like, I don't have anything that I want, you know, I'm just enjoying my career and everything that comes up, it's going to be a surprise and it's going to be fun to just participate in. Great, great. And uh, Milo, any last words that you'd like to share or anything like that? Uh, I mean, for me coming up, uh, there's uh, getting the relaunch of the Clay website. Um, and, uh, oh, one big thing I'm doing, which is, which is definitely a little bit different, I have been uh, studying a lot about life coaching. And so I am going to add that into uh, the, the program that I have from a fitness standpoint. So it makes it even more holistic. And I think some of the stuff that's already happened with my athletes has been, has been huge. So I'm very happy about that. And so this is going to be another, another piece of the puzzle that I'm, I'm trying to put together uh, to try and create a little more joy in this world. All right. Wonderful. Well, uh, everyone, thank you so much again for taking time out of your schedules to be with us. Uh, and hopefully we can do this again sometime in the near future. Yeah. Thank you, so, Douglas. And thank, thank you, you Milo. Everybody.
Yeah, thank you, Africa. Thanks a lot. Definitely appreciate it. All right, thanks everyone. See you later, Africa. Have a great day. Bye, guys. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Bye, bye. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show for today. Thank you for staying with us. We did go a little bit over time, uh, or at least longer than our normal show goes. But we do hope you found it really informative and uh, something that's worthwhile to listen to that you can incorporate in your day-to-day life. So on behalf of uh, our guests and the producers, thank you very much for listening in. Have yourselves a wonderful day, and we look forward to uh, a new show coming to you in a couple of weeks' time. Thank you. You are listening to We're Talking Golf, produced by The World of Golf. The views expressed by our guests are the sole views of the guest and not of the podcast show, We're Talking Golf, nor of the producer, The World of Golf, or any of its personnel, including the host, Douglas Mader. This episode was recorded on Wednesday, May 19th, 2021. If you have an idea for a future show, please send us an email to info at worldofgolf.org. Please include podcast show in the subject line. This show is the copyright of the world of golf. Thank you for listening.